Crew Pros, your single source for high-quality, affordable home services. If you are remodeling, repairing, or replacing, Crew Pros are the professionals that can do the job no matter the size. If you are thinking of remodeling your kitchen or bath, needing a new HVAC system, plumbing repairs, flooring, or a complete roof replacement, call Crew Pros. Crew Pros, proud sponsor of the Grizz 901 Podcast. And I'm thankful for this this guy who tweeted and said I don't have that fire in my eye no more. That game right there was for him. That's what I do. I fool people wrong each and every night, and that's for him right there. Hi, this is Tom Izzo at Michigan State, and you're listening to Grizz 901. What's up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901. This right here is presented by Zach Jaworski State Farm, where they treat you like family. And we have a special person with us, right? And honestly, who cares about me and Nathan? Who cares? I'm your host, Nathan's your co-host, but let's go ahead and get into it. Steven Adams Stats, Funaki Stats. What's up, man? Oh, no, he's got technical difficulties. Talk about a terrible performance. He'll be back here. He's been dropping in and out. Uh, so he's having technical difficulties a little bit earlier. And yeah. so we actually did this before the game started. Literally spent probably an hour on here because we couldn't figure out um, the audio. <laughs> but Nathan, let's go to you. How do you how do you think about that game? How did it go? Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, I know I'm going to be a huge disappointment to everybody, but uh, it was awesome. It was great. I know I got this nasally voice going. Uh, I'm not Steven Adams stats, and my accent is not cool. My voice is the polar opposite of cool tonight. But um, it was awesome, man. Listen, I think that was the most – maybe not impressive, the most important three-game stretch of the Grizzly season, especially so far. They needed that, and they needed it happen the way it happened as well but yeah coming after that uh losing streak a little bit a lot of people were down a lot of the fans were down in all honesty but um you know what it it doesn't take much to get us riled back up uh (laughs) speaking of getting riled back up funaki you there hey guys there we go we knew you'd come isn't that from a movie i've got a dodgy connection dodgy connection that's all right. That's all right. So let's get into a little bit of, uh, you know, the games um, and kind of want to hear your thoughts on them because two dominant performances by Steve-O, man. You talk about two 30-point 30, 30 performances from Ja, and then you have 44 total rebounds in the span of two games, let alone a back-to-back. So let's go ahead and get your initial thoughts being a huge not- Steven Adams fan. I mean, I'd wind it back more, more as well, right? So everyone's talking about the two games, but wind it back one more to Toronto. Mm. And, and he's averaging 11.7.3 rebounds and three assists over those three games, right? And I was just, right. you know, my whole life when I get in trying to uh, like work out what's going on. And uh, you might have seen, I just put out there that in the whole of NBA history that have ever recorded that over three game stretch that Toronto game and that um and that yeah. stretch of games. So um is that Stephen Adams spends his 
whole life saying, I don't care about defensive rebounding. And he's for the last, last three games. It's like he wants every board. He's just been an animal. And I don't yeah. know what, um, I mean, I've been looking at the numbers on it. And when he gets a defensive rebound, a team, right? Jar in transition. And he's been intentionally just finding that, you know, Jar between half court after a, a, a Steve O defensive board, they're just dynamic. Uh, so I don't know right. if it's a coaching thing or what, but it's just unusual to see him, him that aggressive. 50% yeah. on his sort of offensive rebound to defensive rebound, but he's just been. Yeah, no doubt. So he, he's been an absolute animal. And what was that? 61 rebounds over the last three games. Is that what you said? Uh, so 60 last three, yeah, 20 six offensive and, and the nine assists. Yeah, so only four dudes have done that over a three. That is freaky, dude. That is. That's <laughs> it's freaky. so awesome. Yeah. I didn't so, look at um, the minutes on it. I didn't look at the minutes on it, but he's only, you know, he's only at about 30, 30. Like Dennis Rodman is one of the other three, and he's he was at 35. Uh, just historically significant what he's doing right now. Yeah, no, that's crazy. Well, uh, the Grizzlies are on a good stretch here, right? And so with coming off of these, uh, the, I guess really just a stretch of games, uh, coming from the Toronto game, we can go back to that because, you know, you're coming off a loss to Phoenix without but Devin Booker, right? And it's, it's at home. Like if you go and lose on the road against a team where they absolutely beat them by 25, right, in Phoenix, but then you come back and then you lose that. Everybody was down, right? Do you think that, and I, I guess I want to go back because I feel I feel like Steve-O is so important to this team because of uh, energy level, uh, but also we are not a good shooting team. And so when you look at that, just judging these last three games, do you think he takes it upon himself to say, hey, listen, this is like I have to matter. And Coach Jenkins was talking about uh, becoming a more offensive threat. So not just a guy who can go get rebounds, possibly be a top five big man passer in the league, uh, but a guy who can actually dominate, you know, the rebounding and get some offensive, you know, points. Do you think he takes it upon himself to do that? Or do you think he's just, you know, saying, hey, you know, it's another game. I'm just going to go out and try to dominate. Like he actually probably says that out loud, but do you believe him? Yeah, I mean, I in the broadcast, right, where Tim Brevin were talking about um, how Jenkins is in his ear but they want him to be that shot blocker as well. Right. So I think I think they just give him these, you know, we, we want to give you more touches, but we want you to be aggressive when you get them. And that's aggressive and, you know, field goal attempts. Um, and, and I think what I like is that we're moving away from the exclusive on-ball screen. Yes. We started the season with that. And you don't have, have Bain, you don't have Jar to produce. And so the on-ball screen is, was the go-to. And the numbers were through the roof. Ball out of Steve-O's hands. And so you, you, you moved away from that making. And um, actually, at that point in the game, or oh, sorry, in the season, Jar wasn't looking for him as a as a role option on the lob. But I think what we've seen in recent games, ball screen 
is the go-to. That's kind of still there as an option, and it gets used in the fourth a lot. Um, seeing Stevo's touch count go up in the in the front court, you're seeing, uh, sorry, in the offensive offensive end, him getting a lot more involved, and then he is going, he's getting his defensive it's a bonus. He's trying to go yeah. out. Um, didn't get a call today to get his third early. Um, so I just think he's given these work cons. Um, the game is changing in his favour. He's getting more, more touches. Uh, um, I think you'll con- continue to see. Yeah, obviously the rebound numbers won't stay at this level, but you'll con- continue to see his game. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, Nate, let's go to you real quick. Uh, what have you seen kind of over this past? Is, is it... Is Steve-O, obviously he's going to be the topic of conversation, but let's stay away from Steve-O for a second uh, because, honestly, you're not as smart as Funaki. So we're just going to just keep it just keep it a buck, right? Do the kids still say that? I think maybe. I don't know. <laughs> if you're um, saying it, no. Yeah, definitely don't do that. But what have you seen? Uh, because, you know, outside of Steve-O, we're going, to, we're going to hit on him plenty. But what have you seen just over this little three-game stretch or this back-to-back that, you're, you know, that we just came off of? Defense, man. defense all around and it's been it's been a great team effort but they've just been locked in you know we said that and it sounds sort of cliche and it seems like a really easy way to answer why a team is struggling but with them it genuinely looked like a lack of effort especially being there live right I was at that Suns game at home and they just looked like they were quitting right it was just no effort in the in the game they had no want to and I think the biggest thing and what's really turned this around is that they have just given maximum effort. They're rotating. They're not taking any plays off, right? And when they do, it's a quick timeout from Jenkins. They get back in and they adjust. And they just have the want-to factor, right? And I took a look because I wanted to see from these past three games, it felt like they were dominating each game, right? But they didn't feel like the Bucks game where they were – Oh, they're just cooking, right? They got everything's going for them. They're making every shot. They're getting all the deflections. All the balls are falling their way. And so I looked, they're averaging over 14 turnovers per game over these three games and shooting just over 31% from three, neither of which is great, right? It's not like they have everything going at an optimal level. And you heard Ja after the game to say, game today say, no, we're not back to Grizzlies basketball. There's some stuff we still need to get better at, but they're finding ways to win. And the biggest thing from especially the past two games, not so much Toronto because they had it so well in hand, but these past two games, man, they just did what winning teams do. And in the fourth quarter, they just put their foot down and they won the game. They dominated the fourth quarter in both games. And that's what winning teams do. And so to not have it, to not have your best stuff, I mean, tonight didn't even have Desmond Bain and a few different major pieces. It's pure just will and just deciding you're going to play good team basketball the way you know how to to win games as yeah. opposed to every shot's falling your way, which I like better than having, oh, they're shooting 45% from three and turning the ball over three times a game, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. And and that's, you know, pretty much been the whole gist of this little three-game stretch where they locked in defensively. And at the beginning of this game, um, they didn't come out looking good at all and that was you know that's credit to coach jenkins and his staff of actually getting the guys attention and and setting them down and letting them know this isn't how you want to play this isn't the way to play um and i think they absolutely turned it on jaw alluded to it after the um uh, the post game interview and so 
Uh, shout out to uh, Jenkins and the staff for getting the guys up. Shout out to the guys for actually uh, dominating um, these this past few games. So uh, let's go ahead. What's up? What you got? That's the thing, hey, it's huge. So I was looking at um, – uh, looks like we lost him. He went down his uh, his bars – Fell down. Is the old Verizon, <laughs> the old Verizon commercial where all your your bars just go all the way down to red, so you can't see it. So I knew he was about to drop out. So um, I, I know he's going to talk about Coach Jenkins, so we'll we'll keep it on him mm -hmm. for a second. So uh, Black Lives Matter, Mass KC is an animal, absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, Kenny Chandler has been playing well, and given his time, and I think a lot of that has to go back to being uh, honestly down in the uh, G League. And getting some time, yes. getting the reps, because when you play more often, you're going to be a better player just in general. So yeah. um, anything anything else you're seeing with Coach Jenkins and the staff? Uh, because I think what they're doing is has been amazing. Uh, yeah, great decision to play David Roddy the past two games. <laughs> Well, they had no decision to play David Roddy. Yeah. Great decision. Listen, I was gonna, just going to hand it to him, right? I don't care if they fell into it. Great decision to play David Roddy, who played awesome defense. Yeah. on zion last night and then came in and was backing dudes down like a six-year vet tonight in the paint the dude fits the team and i, I just think he needs to get minutes I, i'm convinced yeah. he needs more minutes man you can't take his minutes away no i agree all right well yeah. uh funaki's back uh looks like you have four uh Sorry. four full bars so <laughs> what were you saying about coach jenkins no i was just saying uh season i think Grizzlies were number 14th ranked defensive team right now. Mm -hmm. And obviously not having Dylan Brooks last season, this time of the year was was a big part. Having that, I, th I think I really see the defense as that three-head monster of, you know, Dylan Brooks, Jaron, and four. It just gives them so much flexibility to to just take care of the big threats on the other side. You, you lose one of those pieces, and suddenly, you know, you're, you're hoping that, which they have been, you know, to your point about Roddy, he was awesome, has been awesome over these last few games. Uh, just massive on that defensive end. Um, but, yeah, just start, starting the season with defensive end is awesome. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, all right, so we've talked a lot about the Grizzlies, right, and what they're doing. This is what everybody's here for. Let's find out a little bit about you, and let's find <laughs> out kind of where it started from because um, – Honestly, I I don't know how long I've been aware of you. Honestly, I, I'd say for sure this season. I would say last season a little bit. I would I would guess, uh, but I don't know exactly to what extent. So let's start from the beginning. When did you start this Twitter account and just kind of start taking on this path of being all encompassing of Stephen Adams? <laughs> you make me sound like a stalker. Some, <laughs> some level, I kind of that. Now. So to, to kind of give you that picture, you've got to get a little bit inside, right? So okay. um, we're a, like a rugby mad country, really cares too much about basketball. It's a popular sport, you know, young people, all of that. Um, narrow coverage of, of the NBA. You have to, you know, buy your league pass or you get a few games thing, which not many people, you know, there's no way you can actually follow a team with, Okay. That pain. There's these barriers to people really engaging with it. Um, but there's a really big basketball. Only Kiwi playing 
in the NBA is Stephen Adams. Actually, people do care about it, and people and there's actually not that many avenues to do it. And so I've been, you know, I've been following Stephen um, through, you know, right from when he was drafted. Um, um, and I got to answer your question. It was February last year that I started the account, so it's not even okay. a year old. Um, wow. You know, and I was just like, I, I didn't even have a Twitter account. You know, I'm, I'm not the Twitter wasn't my thing. <laughs> Let's go on it, and I'd search it, and I'd just be like, just plug in Stephen Adams, and I'd just see what came. Pretty much either just bitter Pelicans fans that were still raving about how the JV track, or, you know, you had to really dig to get anything of any substance. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm using inverted commas here as a role player. There's just no no mainstream media about it. So it kind of came out of frustration, really. I was like, look, I know Stephen Adams is a player. We've got one New Zealand in the whole league, and we just do a bad job covering them. Or I play basketball in New Zealand mm. here. Um, I knew enough about the game to, to kind of do that matching between this test, the video, and, and kind of bring it all together. So I was like, all right, see how this goes. I'll, um, I'll chuck it out and, and see what happens. And then, you know, I think there's, a, there's definitely a group of people in New Zealand appreciated kind of the, the coverage. Um, yeah. Journalists in New Zealand who just regurgitate stuff that comes out of the US, you know, they would start plugging some of my stats and then, and it just kind of grew from there. And then you had the, the OKC Old Faithful who still love Stephen Adams. Probably like a yeah. quarter of the people that, that care about my account um, are, are those that kind of wow. raise. Um, and then there's the uh, the kind of Memphis crew who are rewarding a bit of it. Is, you know, when I first started out in February last year, Stephen Adams didn't start Gruff Patch November, December, um, but he started to come good in January. Uh, but it's only probably in the last, you know, maybe since the extension that pe people have, else it was a bit bumpy, right? We'll probably talk about that. Yeah. Um, but I just feel like now when I when I go thing about Stephen Adams as in terms of grassroots Grizzlies fans, you know, there's, there's that appreciation. Yep, these last three games, right? But just generally, mm -hmm. they, they can see what he does. They don't care about the box score. Absolute winning, which is you know what it's all about. Yeah, so that that's interesting. So I had no idea that I guess that the Oklahoma City fans still follow him so closely. Like, are do you did they hit up on like in your comments? Can you tell pretty much that like they make comments like, oh, we just you know we miss this guy or something? Like, how do you know that they're still following along? Just like I look at DMs and inbox going mm. just pleased that he's that he's found a home that because you know he was there kind of he took over from nick collison as their right. kind of just sold to the earth just work your ass get no love for it but actually within the playoffs each year um yeah. so there's, there's a lot of love for just exactly the reasons why memphis love him but but the problem is that when you when he's with the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, he went straight from OKC to Pelicans, and they could see that it wasn't a great fit. He had an yeah. average season. Now there's just a sense that look, we just love seeing him play, seeing him happy, seeing him doing well. Um, it's pretty obvious 
jump in the comments and and, and uh, you know there's a, there's a massive group yeah uh have you ever had a chance to uh to meet old steve-o no i haven't actually i've got you know uh, i know I get this a few people that yeah i feel like he's the last guy that wants to do anything more than what is in terms of you know talking about life and his game and stuff yeah um yeah, I reckon it happened where we could. Yeah, we, we definitely got to figure out how to get that to happen um, because, man, that's what you're what you're doing. Your, your account is obviously uh, very much beloved as you uh, you're losing bars on, on my end. I see. There he goes. Yep. Um, and so very much beloved, uh, you know, his account and how awesome it is. Um, when I, I, you know what, Nathan, let's go to you. Um, and if you have a question, when he comes back in, I'll go ahead and throw it straight to you. I was about to throw it to you anyway. Um, okay, <laughs> you just ran out of options. I know how this works. Um, that's what you're here for, right? You're just hanging <laughs> I, out. I am um, the backup plan. That's what my wife says. Wow, wow, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we uh, all right, so this is it, this is what I want to get to. I have no is it haka time rugby man mm-hmm. that probably is either really bad or really good um my tongue did weird things when i said that um so i want to ask about the 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 stats mainly um and so whenever he oh there he is he's back um so let's go ahead uh nathan i'm going to get to you go ahead and ask any question that you have and then we're going to get to the uh, question that we have in the chat go ahead nate yeah no i was just going to ask about really what you're talking about before with the OKC crowd still loving Adams, but more so the way that Memphis has adopted Steve-O. And I think that's something that Daniel and I, as native Memphians, lived there most of our lives. Obviously, I'm not there right now, which is why I have a gnarly sinus infection. Is It's just that sort of grit your way through to do the dirty work. Like you said, you don't really get the thanks for it. You don't get the love for it. But Steve-O does that, and so Memphians feel almost an obligation to love what he does, right? It's, oh, that's that, you're one of us for that. And I think yeah, one of us, for more sure. than, even more than getting all the rebounds, making all the selfless plays that he does, it's the moment that really hits, I think, Steve-O being a quote-unquote embraced Memphian is when he picked up freaking Tony Bradley <laughs> and yes. carried him to half court. <laughs> Cause he wouldn't let go a jaw. Right. But it's as funny as that is, it really is what makes Memphian say, that's our guy. That's the dude we want. And that's what made us fall in love with them. And so I, I just want to see if you could talk a little bit about that being in a bit of Kiwi culture, New Zealand culture, how that relates. And if you see a lot of similarities in the two cultures between that and Memphis, cause obviously it's going to be a vast number of differences. Right. But in that way, is it pretty yeah. alike in certain ways? Yeah, obviously following the Grizzlies during the whole grit and grind era. Um, but, you know, back on a, a kind of, I'm up to speed on it. So I know, know what you guys value as a culture. That was that was at, at play when, obviously, Stephen Adams was there and that was part of the reception. Uh, those two were quite combative in their times together, but they were combative for, you know, both players that just leave everything on the floor and don't take take a step back and they were the prim, right so uh, uh, that, I think there 
it was while there was kind of this moment where where the first fans went actually Stephen Adams got a bit of his kind of this unspoken respect um could reference as he kind of grew base um but you know in terms of New Zealand's culture it's same right we're very low-key uh we we don't you know rather than talk about it ourselves um we're just you know people value people that just go and get it done and don't talk about it and that's um you know pretty much that and and i think what you've got now with this the next gen is you've got a bit of swag about it and, you know they're talking the talk and i think i mean you know i don't, I don't know you guys and i don't know the, People like the fact that there's at least one dude who isn't out there talking the talk mm. that gets it done. And, uh, uh, you know, I just think it gives a, another group network that isn't all swag. No, that that is 100% the truth. Like, so in Memphis, we are very petty. Like, we, uh, we embrace the pettiness. Um, <laughs> and so kind of what you need if you're a little petty and you run your mouth a little bit is you need that guy, right? You need a guy who's going to shut people up if you can't. Um, and I'm not saying our guys can't, but I know somebody who can, and that is the big Kiwi for sure. So um, I, I think that he is, he's definitely, he's the guy that gives you the confidence. You're like, Hey, I can do whatever I want. Cause you know, in the end, you're not going to do anything to me and he knows it. And I know that. Um, and so that's what it comes down to. And so, um, I enjoy a little bit of trash talking, but I also enjoy being a guy who loves rebounding in general back when I was in high school, right? My, and now in my old man leagues, um, that's what I enjoy doing. And so I see that side of it. And so I, I enjoy watching it because I think he thinks about it on an intellectual way that probably some people don't because he seems to be a deep thinker in a sense. Um, I don't know that, but he does seem to be like that guy who sees like, Hey, uh, when the ball comes off the rim, I want to be in that position in that spot. And he's working. I, and I watched tonight. Um, and I don't know how much of your background is. We'll get into that in a second. But, um, what Steve-O does is when the shot goes up, he's not waiting to see where the ball goes and eventually box somebody out. Like he gets to that spot that he thinks the ball is going to come out to. And then if somebody is there or comes up, he's already boxing them out before the shot even hits the rim. And that's what makes Steve-O different. One, he's got, you know, humongous legs and arms and everything else. And so it's easy to push people out of the way. But uh, just being an intellectual thinker and thinking a step ahead is always uh, good. So um, anything that you see that yeah. makes him so great in the, you know, in rebounding in general? Yeah, I'll call Tony Bradley thing, right? And, and what we're talking about there, though. It's actually a rare, if you look at an enforcer who's got that same um, physicality about them, there's actually a few such a positive energy way as Stephen Adams yeah. does, right? So he's not actually out there getting technicals and he's not, you know, getting suspensions, right. which is, is kind of goes with that kind of thing. He's actually um, pretty rare in the way he physically dominates the mood everything but does it in a positive way um yeah. and i think the league that can do that um but his re rebounding you know he, he's he plays it the whole time he's i think there's that quote last year where he's like all i do 
to just stand there when someone tried to. Um, but if, actually, if you watch, if you watch any position, he never assumes it's going in. Right? He is just fighting for position. Like shooter, if the shooter's got space, and it's obvious that they're going to at least, you know, have a look and we're going to attempt off. He is already manoeuvring, getting position, basically just pounding underneath. And yeah. that's, that's basically the approach he takes, is treat every position like it's his offensive rebound. And there's not many good dudes out there. Throw line, there was that clip yesterday where he didn't get the offensive rebound, but they had two block and the free throw. But he had clear position just because every time I'm assuming it's missing. And there's just not that many dudes out there that have that approach to it. Yeah. All right. So we got a question in the chat we're about to get to. Before we get to there, I want to uh, just let y'all know about our presenting sponsors, Zach Jaworski State Farm. Uh, they insure me. And if you're in the Memphis uh, area, and we know Funaki, they, they cannot do it there in New Zealand. I'm sorry. I just apologize. <laughs> they cannot insure you all the way out there. Um, but you can give them a call at 901-443-4798, ZachInsuranceMemphis.com. Uh, let them know the uh, the Grizz 901 team sent you. Uh, his team is awesome. They do uh, you know really good things. But go over to the website and then give you a free quote. Or you can just call them. Let them know that uh, we sent you. Zach Jaworski State Farm, 901-443-4798. All right. So in the chat, we had somebody ask. And this is what I wanted to get to. And we'll probably spend majority of the time probably on you um, and kind of how your background a little bit. So if, if you're st still hanging around. Um, just know that that's the direction we're going. I don't think we're going to talk more about, you know, Stephen Adams stuff, except for whatever you end up talking about. Um, but just kind of the content you have, um, the stats that you find obviously are elite and they're awesome. Um, but what tools do you use to find these stats? Kind of, uh, just worked it out over time and have gradually built a probably group of about four, four or five go-to places for stats and I mean to be honest the main one is there's just a wealth of information in, on NBA.com um, so many people don't actually know where to look on the site okay. and I, they actually did a revamp of it um, recently and there's a section of the uh, actually just the uh the Grizzlies team profile. You click on that profile and it goes to stats, and that has a field goal percentage made for every pass that was the last pass to a shooter. I talk about you know Desmond Bain shooting sixty percent off of it from three off passes from Stephen Adams, like literally right there, free on NBA.com. It's just buried deep. So. Half of, uh, probably for the first three or four months, I just got real NBA.com stats section so that I just knew where everything was and, and um, you can't get from that core site. Um, but the other place, P stats, um, and both of these are you know free, obviously, um, is uh, more detailed. And it does a lot more of a, a huge part of working out what Stephen Adams' impact is. Is um, 
isolate what happens when he's on the floor. And they used to have this on the NBA.com uh, website, but they're off. So PBP uh, allows you to look at it at a, at a position level, um, like the last three seconds of the shot clock, the first three seconds of the shot clock for transition stuff, detail. Um, and, you know, stuff, the only place that I, I can see that you saw when Stephen Adams is on the court, everybody thinks his biggest difference is second chance points. He mm-hmm. gets to first chance points on an off on off basis of anyone in the team. So, so it's second chance points. And that's why for offensive rating, he, uh, you know, his offensive rating of any player to ever play for the Grizzlies. That's not just about the rebounding. So yeah, wow. yeah there's those two. And then... I pay like whatever it is, eight bucks a month for the stat. Um, basketball reference is kind of front layer that makes it a whole lot easier to access all the information. And then there's, you know, three or four other smaller ones that um, I use. But basically, that's it. I just, you know, bounce my way between those four platforms and can pretty much find anything they need. So what's your background? Because obviously it's not easy to understand these stats and kind of what they mean and kind of what you're looking for. So what's your background on this? Are you, are you a kind of a, a computer nerd? Cause I am not. <laughs> no, no, and, I, and I get lost on the computer, right? I end up in a dead end. I don't know how that happens, but I do. Um, so how do you, so how do you figure your way out through these things? Because, and, and, and what's kind of your background on how you kind of, I guess, figure it all out. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not actually a stats guy, right? I've never, basically, whatever, and I did a stats course that I hated. So I'm not, you know, <laughs> a trained whatever. Uh, I, I guess I'm just inquisitive, right? Okay. The, the thing over, like that, that, and, and I kind of set myself a challenge of still trying to post, you know, something new about Steve O's game of the off season, and um, I, I can't. I did it almost got there and yeah and just just that inquisitive approach to looking at every aspect of of game of you know the history of basketball and how that currently has that um but you know you, you're talking about everything from touches per game position on different play types to it's actually once you crack open the that top layer of the box score and then look at everything underneath it just makes the game so much more fascinating to follow i literally have just sort of learnt to understand that and process it and how to answer them um over time so you know there's heaps of people out there that that do it there's nothing super special about it, it it's it's literally just taking the time and being inquisitive yeah uh, so what's your background in, uh, in playing ball? Have you, did you play any basketball? Like, obviously I don't know how big it is over New, New Zealand, but did you play any ball on any level? I, I played what they call like national league over here. So it's, yeah. um, which has got the kind of, um, you know, future stars, rising stars, whatever they call it, which um, has the NBA talent coming through it. Uh, it's the level underneath that, and, and it was okay. you know, it, it wasn't anywhere near that. Um, so basically, you know, it, they have in uh, Brook, Brook 
and Robin Lopez have another brother, and he wasn't very good, and he so I played, you know, with him. <laughs> um, but I still play club ball stuff, and you know, I'm far too old and grumpy and competitive. But you know, there was ten years there in my life where basketball was everything, and uh, so I'm doing this. I'll be following Steve, and so it's uh, it's been a nice natural progression to kind of you know do. yeah so uh some people are mentioning that your uh that your wi-fi connection might be a little bad but um no big deal there's a lot of water in between us there's a lot of distance so um, <laughs> we're making it work uh, listen we had some issues right before we even got this thing started we were on this we were on zoom we were on everything trying to get something to work so uh we're just yeah, glad yeah, yeah. to have you so um so all right, I, I don't have many more questions, but if you have anything that you want to talk about, I do have one more. Like, how do you, because I struggle with this personally. I run our Grizzly account. If you're not following us, uh, we are uh, we are with Grizzly. That's that Grizz underscore lead. So thank you to anybody that new has come through here. Uh, please give us a follow uh, at Grizz underscore lead. You can always, always follow Funaki Stats at Funaki Stats. If you can't spell it, I'll put it back on the screen because uh, you know what? I've had to spell it so many times. I actually do know how to spell it now. Uh, uh, but put it back on the screen. Um, like, how do you stay, like, kind of fresh ideas? Because I know you talked about wanting to do something different and giving, like, something new every day through the summer. And that's tough uh, with social media in general. But trying to run any kind of a account that you keep, you know, your information fresh, like, Besides being inquisitive, because I'm going to take away your crutch on that one, because I'm pretty sure that's way that's what you're going to say. <laughs> so besides being inquisitive, like how do you come up with the new stuff? Like what are you looking for? Is there anything that you might you know reference or go back to, or anything that might keep you where you're always looking for this fresh information? Um, look, I kind of just compartmentalize stuff, right? So there's kind of the Steve personality stuff which is gold in itself that yeah. and the great thing about, about steve is that he's always saying something or whatever that people care about so if you look at the the things that i've posted that get the most love retweets it's it's nothing to do with stats it's all just um stephen adam's personality funny basically mm. um so i kind of uh, uh Every interview that's happening on every, um, you know, post game, um, it's not just that superficial personality stuff. It's also um, the comments that people make into every uh, coach's post game for, for you know both both Tavich right. and um, the amount of, of respect and love that he gets from the opposing, um, you know, far exceeds the love of that. You know, NBA Twitter given, right? So, um, lifting that up and bringing that to, to to people that would never actually take the time to go and listen to the full s the first place. So, um, I guess it's just you know cherry picking the stuff that you know uh, people would hunt and find out. But it's you know it's a quick 37, 30 second listener or watch. Um, the interviews, personality stuff, but then I, I compartmentalize this game. Um, a big part of it is historically his unique thing is rebounding and playmaking, right? So, uh, yeah. 
um, those two skill sets don't come together in players. Um, even Sabonis today, right? So he's a good, good rebounder. He is an historically great offensive rebounding player. Um, with that stat last year where he was the only dude in whatever it was, 28 years person to have 250 assists and 350 offensive rebounds when you combine both regular seasons. Um, so there's all sorts of stuff that uh, game level, month level, um, season by season level, career level stats around those that people don't appreciate. And so, you know, if you, if you went back and looked through all of my tweets, um, wherever it is, maybe half of them in some way relate to that unique skill set, which don't carry wow. as much, much, you know, statistical um, grunt as the others because they carry a bit of a, um, I guess, a bit of a stigma. Um, but you touch screen assists and there's basically no one else that touches them um, statistically yeah. over his, his career. So we probably talk for another 10 minutes about the other different um, <laughs> compartments to his game. You know, you know, the fact that he last year was, um, you know, a better assist playmaker than Jokic was. And people are like, no way. But actually, it's, he was a better high post passer than, than Jokic was last year. Wow. So would you uh so, yeah. how would you rank him if 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 you had to rank the best passing big, how would you rank them yeah. legitimately? Yes. Yeah, I saw that I saw that bouncing around over the last couple of days. Everyone was saying clearly Sabonis after Jokic, but so much of what he does is just you know, I'm sure a fair chunk of of Stephen Adams is, is handoffs, but that's not, not you know, that's not pure passing genius, right? Yeah. Um, those sorts of questions, I like to kind of go to the the creativity, the the playmaking, and you know, Steve-O's up there. I think he's definitely top top five as a passing big. I, I, Sabonis is still there, but I, I'm not sure he's the next best. Um, Singh has got those amazing um, looks and playmaking, but he's still young in his career. I reckon the next five. Um, so yeah. I, it's your know, Steve, Steve passing ability that not many bigs have, and you see it in flashes. You saw that behind the back pass in the game today. Mm. It was Concha yesterday in that game. Um, you know, it pretty much not in game. You see a flash of, of a pass that actually probably only one or two other players. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, I do have one more thing I do want to ask you. This came up, kind of popped in my head. What is the official New Zealand hello sign? Because what I see in him and Conchar is a certain sign. Is that the, <laughs> is that the New Zealand hello sign? I someone's got nobody's asked the question. So um, it's there's something not in it, you know, not in a bad way. There's just something something going on there that needs a bit of a story and a bit of a back telling. Do you know anything about that backstory? No, and nobody's asked him about it. Um, it just started to happen, right? About right. In November. Yeah. It happened like three games in a row, and then it's just become a thing. So uh, I don't know. 
<laughs> well, I'm curious. But Jay, can, you got anything? I promise you I don't. But I don't. I don't, I don't greet my family. <laughs> is that how you say hey mom <laughs> yeah no that's awesome no i just love listen i i don't really have any more questions i sort of let daniel do all the hard thinking there and that's probably why we don't succeed any more than we do but i i just really appreciate one steven adams again as memphians we just really love the way he plays and it's fun to see him start to wear off on guys like conchar and you guys, when you're talking about passing, popped in my head. I'm like, Aldama is starting to try and probably gun for his crown as the best passing big man on the team with some of the stuff he likes to do with his behind-the-back passes. And I think yeah. more than anything, being around Steve-O, forgive my nasaliness has gotten worse as the show's gone on. But um, being around Steve-O, I think you can already see how it has helped Aldama quit thinking so much and be more confident in his game and just go with what he has. Because – Aldama, obviously, I, I'm on record saying Aldama was. <laughs> I think my quote was nothing about him resembles an NBA player <laughs> in summer league, <laughs> and um, yeah, I've eaten I've eaten that crow a couple of different times. But um, he talked about just, how. Hey, just to, just to gig at, just to gig. When I'm doing my kind of you know non box score impact you know advanced stuff with Adams in terms of yeah. line lineup numbers right so he's he's an advanced stat making you know 40 percent from three because that's that's what everybody looks at him and, and goes oh did he shoot 30 percent but he has been huge and continues to be huge in terms of you know team impact talking about adams or aldama no concha oh oh jitty oh well, i wasn't even talking about jitty but no, that same thing with Jiddy, though. <laughs> no. um, Jiddy and my, I, I'm my bad. I've got, I've got him up. I thought you were talking about. I thought you were talking about no. Jiddy. I was talking about Aldama, but we, I am glad you brought up, brought up Jiddy because I'm not sure that's something we hit on earlier in the show. I don't think think we did, but it's good to see him get back to doing Jiddy things because I know I was frustrated with this play, and if I was frustrated with this play, I can only imagine what it got to in some different parts of the, the darker corners of Grizz Twitter. Mm-hmm. I know what they like to say about John Conchar. So yeah. it's good to see him get back to proving why he was a really value deal and a, a big signing for this team to be able to have somebody on that kind of deal moving forward. But no, I was talking yeah. about uh, Aldama and how yeah, he was talking about Steve-O just picking on him and giving him, uh, this is a family show, giving him crap during the off season and just constantly picking on him. But I think you can see how that has affected Aldama and impacted him. And so, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, no, I just thought about that when you guys were talking about the passing because Aldama's now becoming known for his flashier plays, which are funny yeah. because you wouldn't expect him to have the flashy plays. But, no, it just popped in my head, and so I uh, I wanted to mention it. I don't really have any specific questions, but um, before Daniel takes back the mic and continues to speak on, I uh, – I did just want to say how much I think a lot of what I appreciate and a lot of Grizz Twitter appreciates about what you put out there is that you put out the hard statistics that match sort of the eye test that the rest of us don't really know how to define it, right? There's stats and you, you see Adams and you see the impact he's having, right? You see like the biggest thing lately going on to the perimeter, defending the perimeter, and it's helping him with help defense and switching. We don't know how to find those stats. 
and put the numbers to it. But then you go and put the numbers to it and we go, that's it. That's what we're That's what I was for. thinking. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> that was right. right. And so I just want to say that I know I do. And I think all of Grizz Twitter appreciates you doing that. So keep up the good work, man. It's awesome. I love following it. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. And it's for sure. You know, it's the the whole thing with with the the stats. Now, I, I didn't want the account to be, you know, trying to pump up Stephen Adams' tires. Basically, I you know, everything I put out there is backed up and it's legit. And I I know that Stephen Adams has his weaknesses. The series, you know, you can't cover over the cracks of his weaknesses in this game. But at the the thing that makes the Grizzlies is unique is that you've got so many complementing pieces that cover um you know i've kind of learning to embrace accepting stephen out offensive and kind of go back at people and and but you know you've got to you got to kind of embrace those there's always a sort of flip side team-based statistic that um that you know strengthens that yeah no doubt so um a little bit to uh, what's upcoming in the future is the games, obviously, this week. The Grizzlies do have uh, a couple days off, right? That's one. They can they can listen to this podcast if they want. You know, big uh, big open window. <laughs> they're, they're all subscribers. Uh, exactly. Um, so that I think that's big. But honestly, the next two games are going to be big as well on the 4th and the, the 5th. They're not going to be, in, um, and his signal, I think, is dropping out potentially, but uh, the games aren't there. It's the Hornets and the magic, but two of those, those games are small teams. Steve-O could absolutely keep going on with this. And I don't know what a five game stretch is. And we're going to, and we're going to ask, I'm going to ask that question. I don't know if you're still there. If you're not, you're not, but uh, we're going to ask that question and find out what's a five game stretch, because I want to find out if for some reason, if there is a big five game stretch of actual, like what, what, what's the number. So uh, Funaki, are you back with us? I don't know if he's there. He might be. Um... Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Got All right. Cool. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, hey, do you know, uh, we're going to find this out because these upcoming games against the Hornets, which you have uh, uh, Mason Plumley. Oh, uh, he's got to go <laughs> against. And then Wendell Carter in the magic. Okay, as they're th- these are their fives. I want to know, and we, we have to find this out. What is the five game stretch of rebounds? Because Stevo's got two days off now after playing back to back games. I want to find out what in the world, what number can he get to to have the most rebounds over a five game stretch? Because he could actually just just demolish whatever number it is uh, upcoming these next two games. Yep. You guys, if you go back to Rod and to Will Chamberlain and it is crazy the, the, the rebounds like he's not even in the frame this wow. when I go to to basketball reference there's like there's a hundred there's another hundred people that are above him in total rebounds you have to chuck in the offensive rebounds and that's where oh, okay. he's doing doing stuff that nobody else has done but you know over a five game stretch if he, he read another three game stretch of you know, fifteen to twenty rebounds. He'll be. He'll. Yeah, he's definitely got to be yeah. there, right? Because, like, that's a lot of rebound, and you don't see that. I, I don't know if you ever see that much. Uh, 
for sure, especially within a season. So the fact that he's actually doing that is, is crazy to me. So, um, right, Fidaki, yeah, yeah. uh, we're going to, we're going to start getting out of here, but what do you have anything that you want to talk about? I want to give you the floor. No, no uh, you know, th- first of all, thank you guys for having me on, but also, um, um, I just really appreciate the Grizz Twitter family wider, you know, like there's, um, you know, negativity on Twitter and a lot of, uh, you know, even within fan bases, uh, you know, the main reason why I've enjoyed doing what I'm doing is just because there's this real constructive, have a good debate about stuff, but actually um, everybody's and supports the team and keeps it as positive as possible. And you guys are a huge part of that. So um, thanks for a bit of a wandering Grizzlies fan that's just sort of accidentally found a, a found a home. Yeah, I just really enjoyed it. So I just wanted to thank, thank you guys for being part of it. Yeah, no doubt, man. We are obviously big fans of you. And then um, getting that extension from Steve-O was huge uh, because I, it, it allows that to him be, to be a part of this family and to know that like he's not going anywhere. Because um, and, and that's I guess that's that is a question I have. And so I want to I, I you know what I'll ask one more stupid question. Do you see him like being a part of this actual team? no matter these over these next two seasons, I'm not even talking about this season. Obviously he is a huge part, uh, but being a big part over the next two seasons, because I think that's big with this uh, extension. Yeah, we just, I knew we were about to lose him. I wasn't sure if we were losing him yet. Um, I, I really do think he's a big part of this team. I really do. And I think that he is uh, moving forward. I think it's going to help bring up the, the young guys uh, having his, the IQ just in general of learning how to do the rebounds and learning a little bit of how to set screens. I think that's so important. Uh, Funaki, we got you back, but I want to just ask, do you see him over the next two years, like filling out that actual extension and being a pivotal player, or do you see him being a guy who eventually might play another season and then he transitions and then maybe gets another extension, but he's a, a full bench player. Uh, yeah, look, I think, Pretty obvious that that the front office have, you know, they think they've got the tools over this season, next season, and the season after, right? So the the, right. the time period of his of his contract, doing it smart, right? They're not taking risks. They're not um, if they would have if they would have moved. Um, it's kind of blowing up the whole offensive rebound, second chance points right. thing, right? Because nobody does average without that. Um, so they're riding this as long as they can and hoping that, you know, it's looking good. Um, so, so I think, you know, these playoffs coming up, if we're just not good enough to get through the West, uh, if we don't make a final on from, from Adams, I don't think it'll be a bench roll. I think he'll, I think they'll trade him. They, they need, the, um, you know, they'll, they'll try something else. They'll try a more, we have a, um, score um center because to be honest you're not going to get a better message option than Stephen Adams right so no um I think that's probably probably finals or bust over the next two years and then um blow it up and the whole Jaron thing at five will be interesting to see I don't I don't see it myself I think 
be in the Lakers now, right? And his whole thing is, give me a five next to me so I can BAD. It's a bit like yeah. that, right? You're not going to have the same Jaron if he's playing uh, at the five and you bring in a, you're going to work. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting time. So it's all going to come down to in the year after and then go from there. Yeah. No, that, and honestly, that's, that's a good one to end on because I, I think that he is a part of this team and I think he's very pivotal for this team to be the ultimate of who they are. And honestly, when he got here, I never would have, I never would have thought that when, when they traded for him, they were getting rid of JV who is seemed to be known as the better player and end up yeah. getting back Zaire Williams alongside of a guy like Steve-O who is actually much better for Ja in the end, because it actually opens up the floor even more yes. because he can go to the top uh, and create those passing lanes and he can be a better offensive rebounder. Uh, that really they need because uh, obviously we can't shoot very well. And that is a, uh, that's a known thing. Uh, so that's big, but um, yeah, but honestly, like it's, it's been, it's been so much fun. One getting to, to meet you, talk with you even before this uh, and during this has been awesome. The, uh, the Grizzlies community, honestly, I, I don't know of anybody who doesn't like your page. Uh, your account, like I, I don't know anybody. <laughs> Um, and which is awesome, which is, that's, that's totally cool. Just a, uh, kind of a, a pat on your back of, Hey, I, you're, you're relevant, but it's also uh, a lot of people like your, your stats and also, you know, just your content in general. So, uh, so kudos to you. And, uh, honestly, our, our fan base is a quarter percent New Zealanders. I don't know if I'm saying that right. <laughs> Seriously. Like I looked at my stats and we were looking at it the other day. And it's a twenty-five percent of the podcast, YouTube, everything everybody watches. It's twenty-five percent of New Zealand. So um, you know that's awesome. So everybody loves you. Obviously, yeah, the you're chat. really not good at the stats thing, right? <laughs> I was saying you're really not good at the stats thing. I'm really not. <laughs> Obviously, no. Yeah, well, it's, that's the thing, right? Everybody, um, there's, there's all these people that Adams has got like a two, three, four-year window of his career. Yeah, and just want to follow it and be, be part of fun. Yeah. Well, you're killing it, man. Uh, so, you know, shout out to you and shout out to, honestly, everybody else, um, you know, our Kiwi friends, as we call them. Um, dude, they're, they're very supportive. I will say that. They're obviously, they're in here uh, hanging out and chatting. And so I just want to give them a shout out first because that's uh, that's very, very important. But, but thank you for hanging out with us and thank you for joining us. Obviously, this is a good way to kick off the new year. And, and honestly, when we were talking, the first thing I was like, okay, this is the first podcast, first show of this of the year. Who else better to start it with than you? So, uh, so absolutely, this is this has been no, a pleasure. No, so so what happened you, you guys? Have a good one. We'll we'll keep in touch. Happy absolutely. New Year, brother. Happy New Year to everybody. And you know what? As always, be nice and tell your friends. <laughs>